Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly podcast where two old internet vets talk about technology, the internet, where it's going to shit, and what we do to fix it. I'm Jason. And I'm Brian. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash grumpyoldgeeks, on Twitter at GOGpodcast, or on the web at grumpyoldgeeks.com. Or you can email us at podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com, and now you can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for Grumpy Old Geeks. Hey, Brian. Hey, Jason. How's your day? Kind of crazy. How about you? Grumpy. Uh, well, that's us. We are the grumpy old geeks, I guess. So we uh, came up with the idea for this podcast after you got a Mac, <laughs> and uh, I was going to teach you how to use it. Yeah, that still hasn't happened, and uh had a little beach ball a couple minutes ago, and I still don't know why that happened. They frustrate me, Jason. They they task me. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's nothing. There's not a lot I can do about that part. No, no. But at some point, we'll teach you how to use your Mac. But at least we got the podcast going. So. We do, and we're recording it on the Mac. So that's a good thing, right? Step one. I'm learning. I'm learning. And uh, every now and again, we may have to take plane breaks because uh, you're in the flight path for the Santa Monica Airport. I, I am, and I apologize for that in advance. Yes. But uh, it's a lovely view. It is a nice view. Yeah. I'll give you that. Okay. Um. So us. Uh, why are we here? How do we know each other? Uh, I think we've both been building websites since about 1995-ish. I think I, you were 95, 96. Yeah, around there. Um, I actually built a Gopher site before that. So uh, I think we've both been in since basically this shit started. Yep. So combined, probably a good 40 years of experience. Absolutely. And we're both around our 40s. I'm a little younger. He's the, he's the baby. I'm the baby. I'm over 40. <laughs> what was your first browser? My first browser, oh uh, gosh, what was that called? The the first one, the original one, whatever. Mosaic? Mosaic, yes. All right. I, I had Mosaic. I, I used it to uh, download porn illegally from USC. Sorry. Plane oh, break. Oh, plane. See, Santa Monica <laughs> Airport. They're coming Steve, to get them That's Steven Spielberg or Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. If it's a jet, it's somebody famous. Okay. Yeah. Larry Flint flies out of Burbank. Oh, no, uh, he flies out of Van Nuys. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a great little restaurant. You can go and sit and watch the runway, and every now and again, his plane will just tool on by. Are those, like, naked ladies painted on the side of the plane? Uh, it's black. Very it's disappointed. I know. Okay. So, 40 years of experience combined-ish. Yeah. yeah. Have you been working in the business the whole time? Yes. I have not taken a break. It's all been internet stuff, uh, almost primarily in the music field. Okay. So. Yeah. I, uh, I was in movies for a long time. Then went into the startup realm up in San Francisco. And Very brave of you. Yeah. And the one thing I did notice is after every startup, there is a two to three month cool down period where you don't want to touch a computer. <laughs> so. uh, I don't think I've ever actually taken a real break um, ever. I've never even had vacations. Well, I've had vacations, but I take the laptop with me and uh. I'm working while I'm on vacation. Um, yeah. I, I've never really had a break. I mean... I met you at my second job outside of, of college. So uh, even in college, as I, I was working basically with internet stuff because that stuff had just come out, and I was working for you know the kind of uh, USC um, undergraduate program, um, and I, I built a Gopher site for them, and then I built their first kind of real website for for you know prospective students to look at to learn about USC. Uh, as uh, you know, my work program while I was there, um, I took off to Europe for the obligatory like two month tour. Right after that, did you graduate? I did graduate. Yes, oh. uh, I have degrees in psychology and music. That 
has absolutely nothing to do with, with my career for the past, uh, you know, 20 years. Um, so I did that and uh, I came back and, and I decided I needed a job because I've always had a job. I've been working since I was 15. And I saw in the paper that uh, this company called Hollywood Online was hiring. And I, I figured, remember them. Yeah, well, yeah. I figured I know how to do that stuff. They, they mentioned words like FTP and <laughs> AOL and I was like, I know that stuff. And uh, that was my first job, and, and it was kind of almost pre-internet. We were building AOL packages for movies. Uh, so I also briefly worked in the movie industry yes, as well. Yes, um, And it got to the point where uh, they started to actually build websites. I remember doing a website for the American president. Uh, the American remember president? Remember that movie with uh, who was Annette that? Benning? Yes, yes. yes. That yeah. was a, I like that it's movie. It's actually a great movie. Yeah, it so is. So we did the website for that. Um, and I met kind of a, a music guy. Got a job there too, uh, Tony Keywell, who's now with Sub Pop, I believe, and has been with Sub Pop for years. I didn't know Sub Pop was still around. They're still around, and they're still uh, still got some good bands on there. So, oh. um, but I met him. He was working there as well, and and we kind of convinced because this is the Wild West back then. Yeah, anything goes. What's going on? And uh, we didn't really like doing movie stuff, and we convinced the powers that be at our small little company to uh, let us do a little fanzine. For music, which mm-hmm. basically let us interview bands we liked, get free tickets to concerts for bands we liked, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, and then we actually started to get a couple music clients because of that. And uh, shortly thereafter, Hollywood Online got a lot of funding, went really, really big. I left because <laughs> uh, my, my salary did not get really, really big commensurate with these things. Right. So off I was. Uh, I freelanced for a little bit. And uh, then I ended up at Box Top, where you and I met. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, out of high school or out of college, which I attended <laughs> off and on, I, I, I left early because I found that I was a photography major. And I got really sick from the chemistry, and I couldn't go in the darkroom anymore. But we had an Amiga. So I started to get into computers because we had an Amiga there, and I could digitize stuff and still do photography. And we literally digitized it by taking a camcorder strapping it up to an overhead projector and like shooting down on the on the uh whatever pictures we were trying to do it was crazy but um i got a job at a kinko's doing desktop publishing and i conned them into buying us a modem nice <laughs> and then had them uh install a phone line the whole nine yards 14.4 you know nice and zippy and uh that was when i first found mosaic and started building websites at Kinko's, because I worked on the overnight shift, there was nothing else to do um, except make copies for your friends when they would come in, and that was uh, right. It was uh, now. Was that your first experience with computers around that point? Or no, I've been programming were... since I was thirteen. Okay, see me yeah. as well. So yeah, I actually ran an old BBS when nice. I was thirteen and fourteen. I, I convinced my parents to to get me a separate phone line, mm-hmm. and I hooked up my. You know, I started with a not even what, what was the first one after three hundred. Not 14.4. 24. Yeah, I had a 2400 baud modem mm-hmm. that, that was connected. And I remember it would ring when people wanted to connect to the BBS that I had set up, which was called Bring on the Night because I was a huge Sting fan at that time, <laughs> Sting and Police fan. It, it's kind of a little ridiculous. And, you know, they had like Fido and all that kind of stuff. So these connected message boards, and then you also had your private ones that were only for your own BBS and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been a geek for a long, long time. Yeah, my mom had an IBM XT and my, my uncle actually got the Mac the first day it came out, so I got to play with one of those. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd had computers off and on, so I was, I was literate in the stuff. But getting 
paid at Kinko's to build websites was or learn how to build websites. The other upside was that's when the only documentation you could find on HTML was the specification for 1.0. <laughs> and it was about an inch thick, yes. but I, I worked at Kinko so I could print it out. And I kept that I kept that bound copy of the HTML1 spec for probably five years. And that's that's what we had to learn from. It's actually a shame you don't still have it. I wish yeah. I had it because I did the cover in Kai's Power Tools 1.0. <laughs> Still got the floppies for that one. Yeah, all I remember printing out from that day and age were uh, ASCII porn art. I did that on my dot matrix that my mom had. <laughs> that, actually, I still have one of the first printouts in a box in, in my dad's house of the first naked lady I ever printed from. I remember printing disc. out Vanna White Playboy spread out ASCII art. Oh, my God. That's, yeah. that's sad. Which is sad. <laughs> that's so sad. And I can't believe I just admitted that. Anyways, so we're very old geeks. Yeah. But to get back to how I met you at Box Top, which yes. was really crazy, when I'm sitting in my girlfriend's house working on her computer, trying on AOL, you know, trying to figure out how the internet works, I found a site for I can't remember if it was Megadeth or it was it was some metal band, and they had postcards that you could on a website you go and you type it in, and it would generate the actual image with your text on it. Yes. And I thought it was fascinating. Yes. And I wanted to learn how to do that. That was like one of the first things that got me going. When I came to work with you at Box Top, down in the basement, this little guy named Fez, and he's the guy that wrote that first program. (laughs) And by that time, I'd done Spew, which was my first zine, which was huge at that point. I remember seeing, and I had no idea that you were the one that did it. I was like a Mm -hmm. devotee. I always checked out that site. and. Mm -hmm. yeah, when we met each other and you told me you did it, I was like, oh, my God, this man is a god. It was my first foray into Internet uh, stardom. <laughs> but it was great because Fez had seen my site and I'd seen his site. And it was just this mutual, you know, geek love fest. It was really kind of creepy. But... It was definitely a wild, wild west thing because, again, like all of us were doing these things and we would meet each other and go, oh, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that now? Like because everybody yeah. has a site. Can you imagine running into somebody and, and finding out they had done something and go, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. But, like, all of us had done stuff that we'd all seen. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> there's a, there was an app from Pier 1 that just came out that it's, like, the basically the map of the Internet. But it's got this cool feature where you can scrub backwards in time and see how many people were on the Internet at any given year. Mm-hmm. And back then, it was, like, 18 million people right. worldwide. And now it's in the billions. So back then it was a much smaller pool. So if you were in the community, you kind of got to know some of the players. Because, you know, as you get near the top and figure out who's making the stuff, it's fewer and fewer as you get to the top of the pyramid, you know. So if you're doing good stuff on the net, you're going to run into each other. So you just don't get that anymore. And that box top period, when I first joined, you guys Mm -hmm. had already been there for a little while. So it took me a while to get there. But that was a hotbed. Mm -hmm. Like we were groundbreaking. Yeah, we were really pushing the envelope. Everybody there was doing crazy stuff. Um, we were pretty much way ahead of our time, and and those guys had no idea what to do with us. But yeah. it was a good time. It was, it was a great amazing. time. I was only there for three months, but <laughs> yeah, you weren't there very long. No, but, there, uh, it was fun. Three months to the day, and that is where we met. And yeah, that was actually that was my third internet company. Right, I'd already been to, two, <laughs> to my, my, my history for bouncing. It was my second and my know. last. Yeah, except for my own. So. Yeah. Uh, it's a long time. <laughs> so now, um, basically since Boxstop, I've been running a company called Slender Fungus. Um, and all we really do, well, 
our, it's just you and your you and it's your. It's just me and my one partner, yeah. Wendy Marble, the yep. designer. So, and all we really do is music stuff, and we've kind of evolved with the times. At first, it was just websites, and then it became social networking, and then it became tour mm-hmm. books and print books and merchandise design and album artwork mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And and that's what we're still doing, even through the chaos of the music industry and destruction and thanks Napster, and all that sort of stuff. And so uh, that's what I'm doing now. How about you, Jason? Um. Right now, I'm kind of bouncing around the internet looking for my next project. I, uh, like I said, I did the startup thing for a while up in San Francisco. Went through three or four of those. Came back to LA. Got back into the movie biz for a while, um, doing uh, motion picture marketing and Facebook apps for TV and stuff. And uh, right now, I'm on to the next thing, which is uh, unknown. <laughs> so I'm a podcaster now. You're a podcaster. Now. Yes. Yes, because that's the future, right? Yep. So over uh, general conversations that you and I have had as we're trying to figure out how to get you up to speed on the Mac, uh, it's come up in conversation that you don't quite understand how some of these big companies make money on the Internet. No, I don't. I do not, for the life of me, understand uh, Google's valuing on the public market. I don't understand how they make any money. I don't understand how Yahoo's made money. I don't understand how... Any of these companies make any money whatsoever. Okay. And to that end, I want to just talk about making money on the internet in general. Because this is our first podcast. Yes. And we need a really catchy headline or a a title for the podcast. And I think how to make money on the internet, the good, the bad, and the butt-fucking-ugly is going to be a pretty good show title. That's a good title. And considering that we've both worked in the internet for 20 years, we're still trying to figure out how to make money off the internet. Please tell me. So when it comes to... (laughs) I have made money off the internet. I've just spent it all. I've made a living (laughs) off the internet, but I I, I am not. You've made money from the internet, not on the internet. Yes, I've made money from the internet. Yes, because you're you're a service-based company, and you put people's websites on the internet, and you do promotion and all the stuff that vendors basically do to put people on the internet. Yes, but I do things that don't have any real monetary connection. I do promotional, yes, which is meant to sell other items, mm-hmm. tickets for shows. Used to be CDs or downloads, but nobody does that anymore. Thanks again, Napster. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to crap on Napster a lot. It's okay. Um, I've met Sean Fanning. He's kind of a twat. So, well, yeah, he's a dick. Yeah, and his car is filthy. <laughs> we, I got a ride from him. For, we went out to sushi, and I got a I got a ride from him one night. And he drove this beautiful Mercedes. I swear to God, there were more like soda cans and popcorn wrapper, potato chip bags in the back seat than you'd see in like a '74 Pinot down in uh, El Segundo. It you know was, what you should have done at the end of the dinner after he dropped you off? You should have got him a taxi and said, "I'm just going to take your car. I'm going to take your car now." <laughs> yeah, because you know why not. <laughs> It would have been fitting. I don't Fuck think you, Sean Fanning. I don't. I don't think he would have liked it too much. And he's, he's yeah. Uh, it's surprising he wouldn't like when people's take from him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's kind gee. of a buff guy though, so I didn't want to fuck with him too much. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a pussy. I know some pretty buff musicians that would be happy to take him out. Uh, Maybe we could do some... a celebrity boxing event. That's a good idea. Uh, yeah, making money on the internet. See. <laughs> okay, let's get back to it here. <laughs> so, 
the when you talk about those big companies, it's all advertising. It's eyeballs. They put advertisers in front of people. Yes. That's it. That's it. It's a straightforward formula. Okay. They've got millions and millions and millions of people looking at something. I'm, they're going to put ads on it, and then they profit. <laughs> that's okay. it. Okay. Uh, I have never, ever once in my entire life clicked on an ad. Ever. In fact, I don't even see ads. Ad blocking software is ubiquitous. What was that? Ubiquitous? <laughs> Shit. It's all over the place. Damn it. Um, you're a musician. You're not an English major. Uh, well, you know. We do drink while recording this podcast. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this episode is brought to you by Stone Levitation Ale. Not Leviathan like I thought it read the no, first time. No, it's Levitation Ale. <laughs> yes. It's not Leviathan. Although, uh, you know, call us. Maybe we can do our own beer. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's all over the place. It's it's really easy to install. I put it on my parents' computers. I don't see ads. I don't see ads either. So are we just relying on the stupidity of the masses? Do people actually click on these things? Yes, they do. Give me click-through rates. There, um, no, well, well, I can tell you right now, when I first started doing advertising, it was a, about a 2% click-through rate on ads back in the early 90s when ads first came out. Now it is around... Point zero two percent. So it's not working as a model. It kind of is because they're making money, and with Google, especially in, in most of these places, it's self-service. People come in, they create their own ad, they pay for it based on ranking where they want it on the page. It's an auction model. I, I've done based ads on keywords. for my clients no, yeah. before. Yes, but I can tell you right now, I know I know a guy out in the valley who does real estate stuff. And he actually brings in about ten thousand dollars a month in business from doing from spending about three thousand dollars a month on Google. So people are clicking on it. Okay. it and with the geo targeting now, where you can do a, a keyword in a geo area, so he's literally doing like a twenty mile radius in the valley for people who are trying to um, either like refi their home or short sale their home, and he's making good money on it. Do you think it's enough to make Google? Possibly the most – is Google the most most profitable company in the world right now or the most no. valued company in the world or is it still it's Apple? Apple. Still well, Apple. no. I, it's, it's probably uh, one of the – I think it's Exxon. I think Exxon went back well, to okay. the top. But just staying from the, the internet. Yeah, tech field because Apple okay. and Google are yeah. apples and oranges. I mean, we know oil yeah. is always going to be oil. So. <laughs> but uh, Google's stock price boggles me. Well, the stock market boggles me. I, I know nothing about stocks. It's <laughs> but it's a, all it's, perceived value. Yeah. So I think a lot of Google's money is perceived value. It's not this advertising thing. They're not making as much money as they should be. Mostly they're making their money through perceived value in the stock market. I, I, I just don't see how it's any other way. I think it's smoke and mirrors. It could be, but they also have their hands in other projects. I mean the mapping stuff. The, uh, How do the mapping, they make money off that? Well, the mapping stuff ties into uh, reviews. You know, like like they're, they're trying to do what Yelp did. They got in trouble a while ago for stealing all of Yelp's uh, data and putting it in. They had to take it back out. <laughs> um, you know, geolocating to – like when I, when I search on, on maps and I just go to Google Maps type food, sponsored links come up there. Right. You know, so they've got different avenues of advertising. But and also don't discount Google Glass, because that's going to be a game changer, my friend. No, that yeah. will be, and I agree with that hundred percent. I, I can't believe Apple dropped the ball on that and all their 
offering up as a watch. I was being utterly facetious. No, I, I think actually it's think gonna, it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be, well, it's going to be one of those things where the initial price is going to be so far out of reach for anybody. You and I won't even be able to afford it. 1800 or 1500 or 1800 bucks yeah, right now. which is crazy. Crazy money. Mm-hmm. But eventually. Yeah. I, I guarantee I, you in 20 years we're all going to be wearing these things. I hope so. Yeah. I've been wanted. I've been, I used to try and hack web cameras with uh, cell phones to just be able to take a picture from my shoulder wherever I went. You know, when T-Mobile came out, not T-Mobile, uh, yeah, it was T-Mobile, the sidekick. We had a yes, camera on it. I remember it. the sidekick. That, I used to write Perl scripts to, like, do mobilogging is what we <laughs> called it back then. You know, like, do a thing that emailed it to yeah. an address, do a Perl script, put it up on my blog. Yeah. I love computers everywhere. That's why I love cell phones. I love Which became Instagram, and damn it, we didn't invent that. Oh, I don't want to talk about Instagram. Um, that's that's <laughs> See, another way. It's another the, way to, the grumpy old geek stuff, which uh, is like you and I did this shit, yeah, and didn't make the money off of it. Nope. <laughs> oh God! And so to get, that's another way to make money on the internet is to build something that's completely stupid and sell it to somebody who's and sell stupider. it to Google. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, I mean, that's Facebook. the game plan Facebook. for almost every startup now, right? Sell it to Google no, well, or Facebook. It's it's not as much as it used to be, I think, because I don't think there. I think acquisitions have slowed down. But like four or five years ago, absolutely, that's that was your that's your business model. You flip, yeah. You you build but it and flip. The other business model, the advertising revenue, people are seeing that drop. It's dropping, but it's still steady. I mean, it's it's not it's not going away. It's going to change. Like, take a look at what they do on say IMDb now. They do what's called takeovers. So if a, when a movie comes out. They basically take over the whole page, the background, the header, everything, and then that's all you see. Like, there's no other ads on the page. They, it's literally called a takeover. MySpace we, does that. YouTube yeah. does it. Yeah. And the YouTube ones are actually pretty crafty. We did one for Once Upon a Time, and um, it was like right for the, before the premiere. The video starts to play, and it looks like a normal video, and then the whole page just erupts and like goes goes bonkers. And we worked with YouTube on that. Minimum to even get in the door to do one of those is a hundred thousand dollars. Right. You know they that's that ain't chump change. Right. At all. Okay. Well, so incredibly massively profitable companies that make shit tons of money pay these tech companies a ton of money to take over them. Yeah, and okay. and, and also little guys who are selling real estate pay them to right. you know sell houses. It's it's profitable. That's how they make their money. It's but you have to be. Google or Facebook. That's it's you know it's a big corporation. Stra- it's a big corporation strategy. Right. It's not. You're not going. to... There's no trickle down. No. Let's just say you're not going to be able to make money like that unless you're buying ads on them to sell something else. Listen to that, Republicans. No trickle down in the internet. <laughs> Ronald Reagan. Reaganomics does not work on the internet. This is purely if you've got the money, you make the money, which you guys love anyways, right, Republicans? So, but I still recommend everybody get an ad blocker. I, I do too, as well. I mean, it's it's made my life a lot better on the internet. It's uh, it's a lot better. The pre rolls that you can't start. Well, it's it, it's like hacking, right? It's it's always going to be one step, two steps. So mm-hmm. we'll be able to block the pre rolls on YouTube and Vivo soon enough, anyways. Yeah. So. I, I was listening to something the other day, and they said uh, every YouTube video just skip ahead thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. This is just about the content, not about the advertising, because there's nothing good in the first 30 seconds of any YouTube video. <laughs> so you can save you can save yourself days of your life if you if you spend a lot of time on YouTube by just skipping the first 30 seconds. Well, you also listen to podcasts at double speed, right? 
Yes, so. I do. And uh, it's funny. I, I listen to a lot of five by the podcast on the five by five network, and they do not like it when people listen at double speed. I guess they think it uh, cheapens the value or, well, or I something. Wouldn't. But I I can't do it. I listen to so many podcasts. <laughs> I listen to quite a few, but I actually don't want to hear my voice at double speed. It it get it's it, it's at the point now when I and I talk faster sometimes, but that's because I'm listening to chipmunks in my ear all day long. <laughs> right. So when I listen to a podcast at single speed, it, it feels like I'm like walking in molasses. It's right. crazy. And podcasting is a way to make money. These guys they sell advertising on their podcast again. Um, I listen we, to a ton of podcasts as well. Not going to go to Adam and Eve. Not interested in the man great. You don't. You might don't, possibly buy Adam Carolla's Mangria, but I'm an alcoholic. So, <laughs> you're, were you going to buy the, his higher testosterone stuff too? Uh, no. See. Yeah. No. Uh, but when you when I'm listening to podcasts that are relevant to my interests, like the tech podcast, I have bought Squarespace uh, subscriptions using their codes. We are hosted on Squarespace using a code <laughs> from the Back to Work podcast. Well, the interesting thing that you just said to me was relevant to my interests. Yes. And, and this is where I start to understand advertising. Not so much the spamming and not so much the – and we can get into this too. I'm skipping a little ahead. The, no, just, the social media aspect of, of what these companies do where they just like, you know, Pepsi has a Twitter. Oh, great. Whoop-de-doo. Um, I don't care about any of that. What actually grabs my eye and makes me pay attention is one of my friends posts something on Facebook. Not so much Twitter because I ignore Twitter to all hell. Yeah. But again, when my friends repost something or talk about a product, that's when I pay attention. I don't care about the ads. I don't care about the spam. I don't care about the sponsored ads and all the sort of things that post up. But when I see on my feed that you've posted something, say, about the 10-year or 15-year or whatever it is uh, hoodie – I paid attention to that. I looked at it, and I want one. That's when it works. But it also doesn't work because on my 10-year hoodie post, I said, who wants to wear the same fucking hoodie for 10 years? <laughs> I would. I have clothes in my <laughs> closet right now that I'm bummed out about, and I'm still holding on to because I like them, but they've started to fall apart. Okay. So for me, something if, if it's quality, great. And it'll last that long, great. But that's a completely different topic. My point being that when my friends post something about a product, that's when I pay attention. It's not when it's in interjected into my fucking face. It's when it comes from somebody I trust and know and like. You've got a degree in psychology. Yes, I do. Have you heard the social? It's it's social proof. Yes. That's that's all it is. Yes. So you are apt to listen to something that somebody else recommends. Now, what if I got paid to do that and I never told you? That brings up an interesting topic. When which celebrities is where get I paid think the next round. Well, we have laws about that. Supposedly, if you are supposed, if you are repping a product, that's right. You are supposed to say that you are being paid to endorse said product. However, there are things like link share. Yes. Which I use. If, if I'm posting something about an album I really like and I'm going to post a link, I'm on LinkShare. And I will sign in and go ahead and get my 10 cents or whatever. So LinkShare is an affiliate program. LinkShare is an affiliate program. You can sign up with them. You can, uh, And then I use it purely for music. And uh, so you can sign up and you go in and you copy your iTunes link and you paste it into their thing and you get a little nice link from them. And you use that to post. And if somebody goes 
and clicks on that link and buys something, you get 10 cents. Do you do the same thing with Amazon? Uh, I used to, and then they got all that crazy weird stuff happened with California and they shut it down for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, realistically, I'm getting 50 cents a month. It's not really worth it. But, but if I were a big company and if I were a celebrity and if I were doing all that sort of stuff, I would – Adam Carolla, again, going back to his podcast, everything's click-throughs on Amazon. If you're going to buy something, come click through adamcarolla.com. Yeah, I hear those. I hear and that he gets his 15% now. or 10% or whatever he gets. Here, here's, the, here's the other crazy thing is uh, I, I've used the, the Amazon stuff mm-hmm. in the past. I've made a lot of money Have using you really? the Amazon stuff in the past. Because the way, the way it works is if someone comes, anything they buy, I think it's 30 days. Within that session. Or, yeah. I think it's, no, within, it's 30 days. Really? But if they click on somebody else's link, then yours gets cut off. But anything they put in their cart, they can come back. Or yeah, that's what it is. That you can put something in your cart while you're still in the session before you get hijacked by somebody else's buy link session. Right. If they come back in a year, you don't get that. But if it's in, within like the 30 day window, you still get you still get commission on that. Right. So I built the site one day, 15 minutes of work. It was called. It was when the um, the swine flu epidemic was going on. And I, I built a little site called doihavepigflu.com. Right. took me 15 minutes to make. All it was was one page with a giant word that said no. And the link took you to go buy those masks that everybody was buying. And they were, they, it was perennially sold out. Within, I, and I, I made, posted one link to Facebook. Yeah. That's it. I did no marketing on it. Within two days, I had 150,000 hits on the site. And it, it, it was it was a spike and a drop, so it was right. a one month run. Well, it was one month of insanity. Did most of your things come through Google, Facebook? Really, all Facebook. Wow, one link to my my whopping social network of two hundred friends. <laughs> Four thousand dollars, fifteen minutes work, and one domain name. That's how you make money on the internet. <laughs> well, I haven't been able to replicate it. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> that brings us to a very interesting topic of making money off the internet because that was fear-driven and based on current events and, frankly, a little bit piratey. What was it, piratey? Well, you, were, you, were, you built a site based on current fears and you exploited them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Not really, you know, the most altruistic way to go about things, or even honest. So let's talk about people who make money very dishonestly on the internet. Some very successful companies that present themselves as not not bastards, even though they are. <laughs> Have you got about four years to go through them? But <laughs> yeah, um, there are a lot of... It, it's easy to make money if you're nefarious. Yeah, I... I and that's whole honestly, that's kind of what you did with that one. My, I, 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 I considered mine comedy. Okay, mine yeah, is comedy. You did it as comedy, but it's not too different from spamming a bunch of old people with uh, Nigerian send me money. Yeah, but mine was legal. It was one hundred percent legal. I didn't steal anything. I actually don't think the Nigerian scam is illegal. I don't all they're know. doing is saying, "Send us money, and we'll send you money back at some point, maybe." Yeah. The wording says they you may not get money if you read it. 
Interesting. I've never actually read. I've read through the entire thing. There is absolutely, it's very clear that you may never see a dime. So I don't actually think that's illegal. I think that's just preying on stupidity. Morally bankrupt? Yes. Illegal? No. Okay. You want to talk about morally bankrupt? I want to talk about self-help. The the self five billion dollar self help career the or, the fifteen minute abs the uh, learn how to make money on the internet scams <laughs> there is there's a subculture of these marketers who basically will teach you how to make money on the internet you know what they teach you about how to make money on the internet teaching people how to make money on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> teach other people. I, this, Build this, a site that uh, is it a pyramid? It's kind of a pyramid scheme, right? Um, do they reference themselves, or do they just say do exactly what you, I do? You you buy a program right. from them for anywhere. I've seen them go for you know four to five thousand dollars for these programs, and they do a bunch of videos, and they give you PDFs and links, and they basically teach you how to do quote unquote knowledge products. The master of this is this dude Eben Pagan. He's he is like the top dog. He lives right, right up the road. You can go have coffee with him. Really? Um, okay. He's probably not going to advertise with us now. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't think he advertises with anybody because he, <laughs> he, gets all his, he makes all his money off affiliate ads because he gets people to sell his programs for him. Right. But the, the whole blueprint of it is how to create a knowledge product. And most of the knowledge products that his disciples go out and create are the same damn thing that they just bought from him. So there are... I can show you – I will actually put a bunch of links in the show notes to there's – a, there's a templated landing page that you've seen a thousand times that is designed through like years and years of testing to convert people to buy these programs. Right. And you can sign up actually – you can become an affiliate, sell other people and do it. Make money. It's this whole round and round circle jerk. all that different from say the late night Asian guy on the yacht with the blondes. Oh my God! What was that guy's name? I can't remember his name right now. Oh, that totally guy was classic. Ahead of time. <laughs> we'll have a link. There'll be a link site. in the show notes. Yeah. But um, same thing, right? It's buying just, dis- yeah, he was buying distress, teaching people yeah. how to buy, teaching people prices. how to buy. Yeah, I, yep. and you know, I mean, this has been around forever, right? This is just yeah. uh, shilling. It's in, in, complete chill. Because what they've done is, yeah, they've made a ton of money. Now the market's dried up for the crap that they were peddling, so they're going to say, "Hey, look, I made all this money." You can too, knowing full well that that market's gone. Right. And, I mean, they can get you know little trickles and hand me downs. The people that that take it, and then they'll say, and they. Oh, here's the other trick. They do a lot of psychology, saying you have to have the right mindset to to be in this business. Giving them an out if the person just can't do it and fails. Right. Not saying you're that, not oh, capable of this because you didn't put in. You're not. You're not right for this. Yeah. It, you don't have the gumption. Yeah. And <laughs> these guys have already sucked the market dry, and. There's, you know, so it's, it's this, I'm going to throw something at you that might piss you off because I know you're a big fan of this guy. And I was too. Tim Ferriss does the same shit. No, he doesn't. I think four hour work week, four hour body, four hour, uh, cooking, all that stuff. Same crap. I would definitely have to take, uh, because Tim is a friend of mine. I know. So, I know. That's why I threw it out. Yeah. There. Yeah. It, it doesn't piss me off because I, I like I his writing. I like his books. I don't think his stuff works. That's that's <laughs> I, <laughs> I okay. Signed you a little bit. No, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> fucker. Um, no, I want to have I, an honest discussion. About I do. It. I actually yeah. really like 
Some of his, like I did four hour body. Mm -hmm. I did all that. And some of his stuff works, but it's really, the human body is so complex. There's no way that he can come out and say, this is going to work for everyone. And he kind of does. And it doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah. And I think it's a bit, he's, and he's a very good marketer. But oh, he's, he's, he's doing, extraordinary. He's doing all these things that we just were starting to crap on to sell his stuff. I don't think everything that he talks about is shit. There's some real principles in his stuff. But the way he markets himself is exactly the same. About The same. It's the same about the stuff that you're just talking about. There's, there's a, I, just, I just realized this. He's actually friends with Evan Pagan. Oh, there you go. I, I remember, I remember seeing... Him in that circuit doing that. So that's probably where he learned a lot of the and marketing And there's nothing long, wrong with picking up something that works and using it. Yeah. And it worked. Fair enough. But I definitely saw the connection. Yeah. Like I know you and I have talked about Tim Ferriss a lot. We both have read all the books. But immediately when we were talking about this, he popped up in my mind. Tim mm-hmm. Ferriss does this shit. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't see – I see how he markets his books. He's very proactive. He's very smart. He does a lot of data-driven testing to figure out how to sell this stuff. He's very, very smart. Um, But I don't see the relation with the what we were just talking about about like vampires who come in, make a bunch of money, and then teach other people how to make money. It's it's a different thing. It's It's a different thing. It's a different end result, but it's the same front end. Yeah, and I think I think I think as a person, he's a good person, and he's trying to make people better. You know, I think his learning techniques. I think they're amazing. I can't do them. I'm just, I'm not wired the same way. So just as you were I, saying, there was always that out about, well, you're just not wired to be able to do this. I understand so you that. you just yeah. use that no, same I understand. excuse. And I, I understand what you're saying. Some of the stuff has immensely helped me. Like I can run now because of the four hour body. Right. I didn't, I, my running style was like the old, you know, hit your heels and I would get shin splints from like three pages of that book. I can now run a mile with no pain. And I'm a 230-pound guy. So I've in the, um, the four-hour work week, I learned a ton about just time management out of that. Yeah. Um, no, like I said. Now, there, I, there are things that he does that I – like I said, he's a friend, but I, he's also a friend because I get along with the – I understand what he's trying to do and teach. I like his content and all of that. Yeah. I'm just saying that the way that he sells himself online is incredibly similar to these other people. Yeah. It's a very hard sell and it's very thought out and methodical and meant – what upsets me about him and what upsets me about a lot of people that, that do something similar, Tony Robbins – or people like that. Yeah. Is there's actually some content behind what they do, but their hard sell is so focused on, and you can, anybody with two fucking brain cells sees the way that it's marketed and goes, fuck that shit. Yeah. And I, I, I've been a Tony Robbins listener for years. I bought his double tape or his like, you know, 20 pack tape set used to go on walks and listen to it. Did me not a look of good. What it did teach me was how to spot how these people work. Right. The Evan Pagan stuff, I studied him because I want to know how these people work so I can avoid it in the future. You know? Yeah. It's – I don't um, 
I wish I could exp- like explain it and distill it down into you know just a soundbite on what these people do. But they they find triggers. They're psychological it's, it's masters. All, it's all psychology. They are, they are masters yeah. on on preying on fear mm-hmm. and and insecurity. Yeah. And how to fix your life in two seconds. Yeah. If you just give me your credit card number. Yeah. So that's another way to make money on the internet. Being well, a let's scumbag. talk about that match. Match.com. Which purports itself to be a very legitimate online business that is just helping people hook up. Or no, not even hook up. That's that's uh, plenty of fishes or all those other fucking yeah. sites. But Match.com brings itself out as not quite eHarmony, which if we can oh, talk about no. eHarmony and I'll go fucking ape shit. Uh, Match.com purports itself as a way to find somebody perfect for you. Yeah. Just give us your credit card number. No problem. You'll so, find somebody local. It'll be great. Now, what happens when you try to quit, Jason? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to find anybody on there because I did it for six months. I talked to a bunch of people. Almost all of them were... Bots? Uh, no, they were scammers. They were basically trying... They were identity thieves. Right. So, they like the girls would write you and say, "Hey, I want to chat. I don't like the match interface. Can we go to AIM?" Then they'd get your AIM handle. Then they would reverse engineer who you were, get your name, figure out where you lived, and at some point they would basically try and and scam you and get your credit card. So they were fun to play with because I knew I knew the game. Right. I knew what they were trying to do. So I'd it would just ask them ridiculous questions. Um any any of which cannot come to mind right now. <laughs> I used to have <laughs> So much fun with them, but when you're doing that, you kind of tend to be drinking and. Uh, well, yeah, they're, they're praying. But, on, well, like most, there's a reason infomercials air at 3 a.m. on yeah. TV. There's a reason, yeah. you know, all these things exist because we've we're a few too far into our cups and it's late at night and our judgment is impaired. Yes, and perhaps we are not thinking quite so clearly. So we order the Ginsu knives that can cut through the Coke bottle, or we sign up for Match.com. Really fucking hot blonde that just lives five miles away. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 honestly, that's pretty much how I got into Match.com because a friend of mine was like, "Yeah, just try it. Just get on there." I live out in the valley. There's no nightlife. I can't go out and just meet anybody randomly on Ventura Boulevard because it's, it's like <laughs> there's nothing there. So when I when I finally quit, what happened was. Right after my um, uh, membership had expired, I started getting these emails. Well, here's, here's another thing. When you quit, they still send you the emails up until the time that your payment runs out. Because I signed up for like a three-month run. I'd imagine you'd probably so get I, emails forever. Because I've I discovered will. companies like that do not yeah. really pay attention to your, For your remove me from your... <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I was getting, you've got 21 new matches today. Here's your mutual matches, and these are the people we picked for you. And I'm like, not even with yours for some of these. But the, the way it flipped when I was uh, right after my membership expired, I started getting, hey, this chick is into you. Come back, and we'll tell you who she is. She's, ex- she's expressed interest in you. And they make it so when you come to the landing page, it's just like react- it, it kind of has a little thing with reactivate your membership and over on the side in very small print, they've got, by clicking that button, you uh, sign up for six more months. It's like 200 bucks. 
So with one click, not even thinking about it, because most people aren't as you know eagle-eyed as I am with how people do shit well, on the internet. <laughs> there are studies about how you yeah. place things and where exactly. you put things. Exactly. Yeah. Right outside of the peripheral vision, when you're looking yeah. at the giant red button well, that says "Meet Her." I actually you googled know? "big red button" today because I wanted to bring it up. It's gone, sadly. The big uh, red button site is gone. Oh man. But yeah, I mean that's that's uh, Internet Design 101. Yeah, big flashing area over here. Never mind mm. the stuff over on this side. Yeah. Pay no attention to the people behind the veil. Exactly. So yeah, that, as far as as far as scumbags go, Match.com is at the top. At the top. <laughs> Fortunately, I did not want to meet her because I knew she would be um, non-existent, basically. And Match.com has nothing compared to what porn companies have done. Thank God for porn, because they're always on the vanguard of technology, now, and on both good and bad. They yeah. push technology in wonderful ways, and there are things that you and I have both learned from what porn companies have done yeah. about how to build amazing stuff and do really cool stuff, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they also push the envelope on sleaziness and making money, oh which my God. all these people have learned from. Now I've got I got a quick story about a friend who used to work at uh, a, a defunct uh, porn site. It was called BabeNet, and it was, you know one of those places out in the valley. They had a warehouse with cameras and people getting busy, <laughs> but they also did really skeezy websites for honestly really skeezy people. Basically, the the big one that comes to mind is an old bestiality site. It was like GirlsWithAnimals.com. Oh dear lord! On the homepage. They showed hot chicks with their arm around a goat hanging out with a horse. But all the language was saying, sign up now and you can see these chicks having sex with animals. Their entire business model was you sign up with your credit card. You go into the site. It's the same pictures. Girls with animals. They weren't selling you anything that they didn't say that they were going to yeah. tell you on the homepage. It was implied. It was There's all implied. a girl with a koala. She's you, not naked. Yep. The koala was. <laughs> so when you call to cancel, they say, so, uh, sir, we have to put a reason for you canceling your subscription to the credit card company. This will show up on your statement, so I'm just letting you know out of the gate. So you want to cancel your membership because the girls were actually not having sex with the animals. That's why you're canceling your account. And basically, click. They yep. just keep paying for it. Keep yep. paying for it. Shame. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't feel so bad about those people that have to keep paying for well, it. for bestiality, but, fuck them. But, 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 I mean, that's the model. That's the adult model, and it's, yeah. it's moved quickly adopted, as most, you know, adult models are, by the mainstream. It's, yeah. it's that way with dating sites. It's that way with any site that you pay for. And it, they make it incredibly difficult for you to unsubscribe and to cancel. It's a Byzantine process. Yeah. Um, I, I've... Indulged in that myself in, in some ways. I mean, I used to run fan clubs for bands that were pay-based. And mm -hmm. the trick is to make it as hard as possible to unsubscribe. Yeah. You know, we. I never went to the extremes that these people did, but I certainly didn't, like, make it easy. We never put a big button saying, please never bill me again. Yeah. And and things things are kind of changing with that, but there are still places that make you call to unsubscribe. Right. I was... Going back to Tim Ferriss, I got into when the when, with the four hour work week. I'm like, I'm going to have my mailbox money coming. I'm going to sign up for a site that I can have drop shipping done. I'm going to get the products, build a store, promote the store, and then just cash in on the, the overhead. And I signed up with a site called Doba.com, 
And these people, it was almost impossible to cancel. You had to call. You had to get at the right time. And they would call me every day trying to get me to go through their training program and all this stuff. And I ended up spending probably 500 bucks and never made a sale. Right. So it's – I mean it's almost vaporware. <laughs> it's just – Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a crazy thing and we could probably do another five hours on this and we probably will eventually in the future. I, the psychology of, of the sale and once you get the credit card, keeping the sale and the deviousness behind it, especially on the internet and, and yeah. preying on people that – may have drunk too much or may not be that bright to begin with or may be older and not understand it is frightening. And it's one of my biggest problems with this whole internet thing and, and everything that happens. It, it just, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. But uh, we'll get back to this again at some other point and uh, we should probably move on to uh, the next segment. And that is probably the worst transition ever. Well, I was going to transition into the Kickstarter stuff, but we've we've gone long on this one. And uh, I don't think we can do it right now. So I have a lot of venom for Kickstarter, and that will be the next podcast. Okay. Because uh, we can't hit it on this one. Yeah. I think this will be to be continued. Yes. And this will be to – yeah. I think this is going to be a recurring topic for us because both of us deal with this on yeah. basically almost a daily basis. Yeah, because we – I mean we talked about – how big corporations make money. We talked about how really shitty people make money. Yeah. But there are really good ways to make money on the internet. Well, it that's- used to be a Kickstarter, and I want to crap all over that. But that's the next podcast. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. And we're back. We put down our cell phones because we have day jobs and we caught up on all our emails. And here we are. Uh, grumpy old geeks. Uh, I just wanted to uh, point out a couple of milestones that happened this week. Twitter is seven years old. That's ridiculous. Isn't it? And YouTube hit one billion monthly visitors. That's also ridiculous because I didn't know a billion people had computers that were capable of watching video. There are a lot of cat videos out there. There are. Yes. There are. So, are there the Grumpy Cat videos? Though? I love that cat. So uh, I'm a fan of the Grumpy Cat. Was his name Tard or something? He has a name. Yeah. He was at South by Southwest. You could get your picture taken of with him. Of course he was at South by Southwest. <laughs> I follow him on Facebook. Anyways, we're back. And uh, this is the last segment. Uh, this is Love, Hate, Want. Want. This. I just saw this the other day. It, I think it came out of a Kickstarter project. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. When we were talking before. I know. Next week. Um it, when, when we were talking before about the sidekick and the little camera and how yes. we, I used to do mo-blogging and how I want you know ubiquitous camera capture on me all the time. Yes. Except the, the bathroom, the shower, and the locker room. Plus, it's the ladies' locker room, but I'm not invited. Plus editing. <laughs> because I'm sure there are things that you do not want recorded. Absolutely not. Well, it's... A, it's, it's <laughs> if you I, want, want, I, want, I went on a bender tonight and uh, in... Seven hours from now, we were still at Finn McCool's. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't want that recorded. But the, here's the thing. I want it recorded from my perspective, okay. not your perspective. <laughs> so there's this cool little gadget called the Memto. It's basically a little clip-on camera that just takes a couple pictures a minute, just keeps taking pictures. Excuse me. Third beer. That's where it goes. Yes. Uh, um, we do one beer per segment, people. Um, 
it, it's exactly what I wanted. It's a little camera that you clip on, you wear, wear as a necklace, and it just takes pictures. And it's got geolocation in it, and it's cheap. Does it have a red recording light? No. That's why I like it. <laughs> now, see, this is where it gets into a very interesting area. If I'm with you and I don't know I'm being recorded, I have a problem with that. If you're in a public space, it's legal. If, if, I, I, if I was recording you right now, then you should kick my ass. <laughs> yeah, well, that's my point. If I go out with you for a beer later yeah. and you're recording everything and you haven't told me that you're doing that and this ends up public. Well, th- see, there mm-hmm. are – this goes back to Google Glass though. You're like, I, everybody's going to have one. Well, you know, yeah, the same thing. This is exactly like Google Glass, it but it looks Google cooler. Glass on it, I'm going to fucking know. Right? Because I know what it does. You're just going to have a nondescript little thing that I don't even notice. Well, I can already be wearing a pinhole camera from the spy shop down the street. Which is illegal. It's illegal. It's only illegal if you're recording their voice. Mm. These are photographs. Okay. These are still photographs. Right. That's all I want. I want Um, want to be able to go back. Because now that I'm getting old, I used to have an amazing memory. But now that I'm getting old, my memory sucks. Right. And I want to be able to go back. Do you have the time to go back and look at all these photos? Absolutely not. (laughs) Well, there you go. There's my second point about it. First off, it's kind of somewhat illegal and scary, and we should get a lawyer in at some point to talk about this. (laughs) Secondly, who the fuck has the time to go back and look through all these photos? So, as as, to to your point, I have a two terabyte drive on my heart on my desk that holds one thing. Video from my GoPro at my front window of my car. When I was working in Hollywood <laughs> and doing a 20-mile commute every day, I would record my drives. Why? To because the crazy shit people do. And do, you, do you have them? Do you keep them? That's why I've got a 2-terabyte hard drive. Is, this, I kept what, them is this your plan when you're 85? To just watch your drives? Because <laughs> I love to relive my commute in Los Angeles. Well, exactly. <laughs> Here, why? Because I... I figured I'm driving, you know, I'm driving that stretch of the 101 10 times a week. Okay. Crazy shit happens. You can the make problem, an awesome time-lapse video out of that. I did. It's on YouTube. I'll send okay, you the great. link. I'll put it in the show notes. I'm sure I won't ever look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen so much fun stuff on there, but going back to it, trying to go back after I've been at work for 10 hours a day and then two hours on the freeway, when I get home, I want to download it and go to bed. And I, the, the fun stuff that I know I captured, I never have the time to go back and find. Right. But I still want it. Which <laughs> I uh, want it. Note for the grumpy old geeks should be another topic soon. The, the recording of life versus the living of life that happens now. And this app sounds like a nightmare to me. It doesn't to me because it's, it's passive. Right. It's not active. I think it was Miles Davis. He was on stage one time and a woman stood up and took his picture. And he stopped the show and said, um, by capturing the moment, you've missed it entirely, mm-hmm. which is a great quote. Yeah, it's an amazing and quote. And as a photographer, in my, that's, that's one of my well, hobbies. Well, that is I'm your a job as a photographer well, no, to capture no, the moment. Just me personally as a photographer right. when I'm doing photography stuff instead of computer stuff. I do notice that when I am at an event taking pictures, completely miss the event. Yeah, you're not engaged. Yeah. You're out of it. Yeah. You've removed yourself. You're floating above. It's a different thing. My attention is focused on getting a shot, not what's happening. Yes. 
And, and, and to that point, I had a friend in San Francisco. We ended up trading off because we would both end up at these events. We'd both have our cameras, and we'd be both taking pictures. We'd both put them on the net the next day, linked to each other and everything. And then we came up with the idea. It's like, hey, when we're going to these events, let's, let's trade off so one person can get drunk and enjoy the event, and the other person can take <laughs> the pictures. And it, it's actually Scott Beal from Laughing Squid. Oh, okay. Because we, no. we were in the, same, in the same scene taking all the pictures together, so we, would, we ended up coming up with the system where we just trade off. And like, okay, you're shooting tonight. I'm shooting tonight, you know? <laughs> But that's why I like this, because I can go to an event, capture it, and still have the memories of it right. fairly cheaply. I think it's under 200 bucks. Well, I think we have to all realize that the reality is in, within the next 10 years, everything's going to be recorded. Mm-hmm. I find it weird, but I'm old. I'm grumpy. I'm a grumpy old geek. Uh, kids today don't give a shit about anything. Everything goes up on Facebook. Everything goes up on Instagram. Whatever. I still find this creepy. Uh, you seem to be into it, which I mean, is weird so because it. you're my age as well. So. I'm older than you. You're older than me, yeah. yeah. And you don't have the privacy issues that I still find problematic about this. Because this isn't for my personal celebrity. I don't want to take these pictures and put them out there. I want to take them so I can look back at them for my personal celebrity. But you realize that that's you. Yeah. An 18-year-old, a oh, 16-year-old, yeah. a 14-year-old. With this same technology. Well, a 14-year-old with this, this technology has criminal If I were 14 crim- and had parents. access to this technology, yeah, there were a lot of things being recorded that probably should never, ever see the light of day. Oh. <laughs> but I'm I mean, just saying. We're talking about criminal criminal parenting at that point. Because you give – although I've got, friend, I've got friends that have 10-year-old daughters that have cell phones and cameras and are yeah, doing and, FaceTime. And we and all that. see the horrible shit that happens. Yeah. And this is – Okay. Uh, okay. This, this is a, definitely a topic for the no. Future. But here, here's the deal. This is my okay. want. I want this thing. I'm going to buy this thing <laughs> at some point. Okay. I don't How know about when. You you get it, and uh, we do a. You know, we'll put up every single still from the next podcast that we record once you have it. Well, it's going to be all you. <laughs> so. Well, I know, and and we'll okay. see how happy I am about that. I'm probably going to be like, "Are you kidding?" I'm going to wear a cup. <laughs> I'm going to wear a cup that day because I'm going to get. A, I'm going to get a cock punch. Right. I, I I get why it's intriguing. I just have. Massive issues about it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, eh, eh, we'll see about it. Um, should we talk about something that I like, I or think, should... I think we should talk about something you like, um, or love, or want, or hate? Or... Let's talk about the Americans. The Americans, the, the new show. The, it's on uh, FX, right? Uh, the FX show, yes, yes. Which I find absolutely fascinating for multiple reasons. First off, I think it's a really good show. Okay, what's I, it about? I like the writing. It's uh, it's a, it's set in the eighties. And it's uh, two Russian spies that are living here in the U.S. that have been embedded for ages. Have their kids here. Their kids have grown up American. Uh, but they're full-on Russian spies. So sleepers. They're, they're yeah, full-on they're sleepers. sleepers. They're basically sleeper agents. It, okay. It's pretty... The thing I find most fascinating about it is it's the first show that has presented something, a, a generation that you and I grew up in, yeah. as retro. And that's why I love it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. See? Now you see why I like it. We are officially old geeks. This show is being presented as retro. And I recognize, remember, fashion, music. They used a fucking Cure. (laughs) Not even like a big Cure song. They used an obscure track from Pornography. The third Cure album, which was released before I even knew who The Cure was. Well, Pornography is their best album, so. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not that. Not accurate. according to South Park. It's disintegration. But 
my favorite album is pornography. <laughs> they used a fucking album cut from pornography and not just a snippet, like four minutes of the song. No way. <laughs> to end the last episode. Oh. So this is the first show that is tapping directly into my childhood and presenting it as completely retro. And you can tell that like it's being done as a retro show. And I find that absolutely fascinating. That's cool. I, you know, I saw the, I saw the pilot. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get into it. It was too, I don't know if it was too slow, which is, for me, that's weird because I love slow-paced shows. I like, mm-hmm. I like Breaking Bad. I love Breaking Bad. It's, I love slow-paced, build-up. Yeah. You know, don't rush it. Don't, don't spoon-feed me everything. They're definitely building. But it, you should it stick was, with it. Okay, I might have to go back. Um, because, and who's the, the, the uh, female lead? Carrie Russell, he used to be Felicity. That's, that's, that's her Felicity. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't have the curly hair anymore. She doesn't yeah, have any I, knew, of that. I knew the face. So, yeah. um, she's... Her character is spectacularly weird, and there, we'll definitely put up some of the articles that I've read about that on our website about her. Yeah. Uh, she's an anti-hero. She is so fucking bitchy, yet for some reason you're intrigued and into her and supporting her, even though everything that she does is cunty. That that's everything. It. Yeah, that's it. It was that's the problem I had with with the pilot because she was just cunty. Okay, so you've got to get past. You've got to stick with it, and okay. then you start to you start to support the cunt. And that's <laughs> not going to play well. You should always support the cunt. Come on, you should always support the cunt. But I, she's such a bitch. But you start to like get behind her for it, and it gets weird. And she's an anti-hero that you're behind, and oh, and you want to support the guy. From brothers and sisters, I can't remember the. I, I can't even believe I know the bro, show I've brothers. Heard and sisters. Of show. <laughs> it's, it's called being married, and you have to watch a lot of shows that you probably would never ever watch otherwise. Uh, total chick show, but whatever. He's great in this. He plays the husband, and you want to support him, but you're behind her, even though she's being a bitch to him. Okay, and it's it's really interesting. It's really intriguing, and for me, the main thing, like I said, which I surprised you with, is it's. Presenting our childhood as retro. Yeah. And I remember being the kid in that show. Because I'm about the age of the youngest child in that show. At that point. That was me. How, it's how fascinating. Old, how old is he? Is it she? Is um, she? Uh, well, there's an older daughter and a younger son. And okay. the younger son is probably five, something like that. And five in the 80s? Uh, no. No, I was a little bit older than yeah. that. But, you know, I was born in 73. So, but, uh, mm. yeah, it's really yeah. kind of cool for that. Because I love spy shows. I love everything. You, would, so you should wanna, stick with this. Okay, I'll go back. You should to go back and, and, and it's picked up. I don't know how well the ratings are doing because initially they just kind of did some innuendo. Like uh, there's Carrie Russell in a pair of panties. Now there's full on nudity. What? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of nudity now. Uh, so FX, obviously they're not uh, they're not doing so great. So they've stepped up. You know, there's there's butts and dicks and boobs all over the place. There's dicks? Well, no dicks. Okay, thank Implied you. Implied dick, but. You know, yeah. whatever. Because uh, it's still, I mean, it's FX, so it's, it's not. It's still FX, but uh, they've stepped up. They get away up, with butt. They've stepped up the nudity quite a bit and uh, and the sex quite a bit. But okay. it's, a, it's a good plot. I, I'd like to see where they're going. Um, you know, I like Homeland. I don't know if you watch that. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. This is very similar, but going back to the other to the way. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the other way. Yeah. And you're almost kind of going for the Russians, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird. So. Yeah, the old the old Cold War stuff. I mean, it's it's fascinating. And, and people now it's just like Russia. They it's just mobsters and vodka. It's yeah. like no, they had. Yeah. It was scary back. It was then. some scary ass shit, and yeah. they bring that fear 
And okay. I don't know, you know, I don't know if anybody younger than us will ever get into the show, but for us, it's perfectly mm-hmm. targeted. Okay. Very cool. And I love, I love how FX is like, they are the anti-hero network. You look at the shield, you look at sons of anarchy, Yeah. you know, it's like those shows, you want the bad guy to win. <laughs> it's, and they're kind of running with that again. Yeah. I mean, okay. Carrie Russell is definitely who you end up kind of rooting for. Okay. And she's definitely the bitch. She's the, first off, she's the Russian. Yeah. And secondly, she treats everybody on that show like shit. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will definitely check it out. Yeah. I'm, it, and I was, ho- I, I was, had high hopes for it. So I'm glad that you're turning me back to, uh, I'm to checking it, it out. I, I can't stop watching it. Though. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So I'm going to say one more thing about what I love. Mm-hmm. I have been an audible.com user since. Like the day they opened the doors. Right. My first job was this, or my, my first job, my first book was The Second Coming of Steve Jobs. <laughs> it's what they gave me for free when I signed up. So that was, you know, I mean, it's, I think it's 2003, I think. So it's almost 10 years now since I signed up. Right. I've got over 650 books in my library. I listen to two books a month religiously. Lately, I've been listening to five. Right. But what they've instituted now, since Amazon owns them, is the most unbelievable policy I've seen from any digital services company to date, which is a um, unlimited, unrestricted return policy on audiobooks. So, so they can tell that you've listened to the whole thing and they'll just refund. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. It used to be you download it, you own it. You're done. Yeah. You're fucked. That's it. <laughs> it's a shit book. Tough. You, you got it. And I've got a bunch of stuff in my library that uh, I wish I could return. But they've got – now it's a one-year policy. So from one year from the time you buy the book, if it's a crappy book, you can just return it and they'll give you your credit back. I've returned four books so far that I got that were um, they were recommendations from friends who did not have the best taste. <laughs> um, well, actually, they might have had good taste, but like either the narrator sucked or the story sucked. But you can it, it, all you do is you ch- click a checkbox and say I didn't like the narrator, I didn't like the story, it's not what I expected. They take it right back. Here's the rub: you still have the book in your library. You keep the book, you get your money back. Yeah. How is this going to work? We understand that people in general are assholes, and once we tell them about this, they will never pay for anything. I'm going to tell you right now. Well, they're still paying for it. They, they have to pay for the credits first. Okay. You have to use those credits or they expire. So oh. you're paying no matter what. But you can get a bunch bunch of books. But the thing is, I don't return to see what happens with the publishers. Do they get their money back? That's very interesting. That's very interesting. See, I want to know about the back end. I'm sure that I'm. I didn't read the legalese on it. Amazon's probably just eating it to keep the credits. Could be. Yeah, could be. That's my theory. Because uh, I'm running with it. Yeah, Um, (laughs) they just don't report the returns. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it. The end of the month, it's a sold book. It's a sold book. They're going to keep the credits and wait on future sales. Or, Or, or like. If it's in before the reporting period, I buy the the new the new three uh, shades of purple book, whatever the fuck they are, um, and I return them. If it's before the reporting period, well then they were never bought, huh? You know, right? So what I what I use those credits on and keep, those are the bo- books I bought. Right. So I don't see it as a so for the publishers, you know, I don't think they'll ever know. Yeah, and, but here's the thing, me as a upstanding, upright, moral citizen, I don't return books that I like. 
Because I like to be able to go back to them, and I like to support people who write good books. Yeah, but you and I are a dying breed that way. I don't think so. No, I, with, I do. I don't think people that listen to audiobooks are, you know, gen- in general, shit-faced scumbags. Uh, you might actually be right about that. I don't think anybody would sign up and pay into Amazon to get it. They would just find you – know, they'd BitTorrent it. They'd find yeah, they'd pirate pay that shit. Yeah. yeah. So you might be right about that. So that might be a winning plan for them. That actually sounds fantastic. I, I Since uh, since podcasts have kind of taken over, my audible.com has kind of gone away. Mm-hmm. Um, books I read on, on my Kindle app on my iPad or – or whatever, I've gone back to kind of reading books. I don't really do Audible so much anymore because I have so many podcasts that I listen to that that kind of takes up my time. And I don't commute, so yeah. I'm not in in my car. Yeah, otherwise. I don't I don't commute as much anymore. But I walk. Yeah. I have a dog to walk. Yeah. So yeah. I'm out walking the dog a couple times a day. So I still listen to my my books, and I also go to bed with them. I like just put the iPhone there and play them and go to bed with them. Or I can't listen to them while I work. Right. Because I can listen to music that I've heard a thousand times while I work, but I can't listen to somebody talking at me because I just don't have the attention span. But um, I still – I listen to a book – or I listen to or read a book a week mm-hmm. no matter what. That's every year for the past 10 years I've listened to or read a book a week because yeah. I think that as you get older, you have to keep doing that because it keeps your brain like yeah. open to new ideas and all that stuff. So that's well, why we're and, and we're inquisitive people. We yeah. want to learn, and uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I have three mm-hmm. books going at any time. Yeah, always. So, and but this is I think it's great because it, it actually opens me up to new authors because I'm not scared now to try something new. And I found a couple series now that I picked up because I am not scared to go. Download a book and oh, I just lost twelve fifty because I'm a premium plan, twenty five bucks a month. You get two credits, two books. That's actually really intriguing. I might actually have to check it out just for that because yeah. there are a lot of books that I've been scared to like. I don't want to pay the fifteen bucks or whatever yeah. to get it on my Kindle and find out that it just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Kindle is great because and you can I've get the, fr- you can get the first authors, chapter free. So. Yeah, you do get the first chapter free. But yeah, you can never really tell. Just the first I chapter. found a couple books where I could pretty much tell in the first <laughs> chapter. Writing styles. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, well, that's really cool. I'm going to definitely have to check that out. That's, um, yeah, I mean, it's I've, been a while since I've, this might get me back to audible.com. They haven't gotten any money from me in a while. So. Oh, yeah, they've been getting money from me every month. For, <laughs> oh, my God, 25 bucks a month for 10 years. So well, that's 120. Oh, geez, I can't do yeah, that. That's quite a lot of money. Speaking of a company that's actually getting quite a lot of money out of me recently. Uh, there's my. I'm not an app guy. I've had the iPhone for ages. I'm I'm not big on apps. I'm just not. Uh, but there is an app I love, and it's called TouchTunes. And <laughs> I, it, that sounds very filthy. Uh, unfortunately, it's not. Um, is, it, is it is it like a Kama Sutra? Like you know, are you no, touching your no, lady? It's, a, it's purely an app that ties into uh, wired jukeboxes and a lot of your local pubs. So if you're lucky enough to have your local that has a, a, a jukebox that is connected to this, as I do, uh, my local that I've been going to for 15 years now, Finn McCool's in Santa Monica, give him a plug. Don't be creepy. Don't be creepy. Don't um, follow Brian. Has a uh, jukebox connected, um, and it works with this app. So I basically have this app on my phone. I put in my credit card, and I can connect to that jukebox and play any song from the comfort of my own bar stool. That is awesome in one sense, but the other it's it's mind boggling now that you don't even have to get up from your bar your bar seat to play a song. 
It's, but it's mind-boggling. Let me let me tell you the wonders of this app. You, okay, you, you see a, now. I've, and these are the the one. Or I've seen these yeah, crazy the jukeboxes, crazy like, connected jukeboxes. Yeah, and yeah. They, okay. You know, if, even if you walk up over there, you know they have the popular hits in there, but they're okay. connected online anyway. So okay. If you want a deep cut, you can download it and pay extra for it straight from the touch screen that they have on the jukebox and everything. Okay, because so. I've seen these jukeboxes. I didn't yeah. know they were connected to the internet. Yes, because it, it looks like okay. This is like a, a giant iPod. So somebody comes in with a hard drive every week and does it. No, they're, they're, they're connected. actually connected. They're that's, connected. That's really cool. Yeah, which is kind of cool anyway. <laughs> yeah. like, I even liked that aspect of it before I even knew about this app existing because I would want to you know, listen to you know, Bean from the Dandy Warhols, Dandy Warhols from 1991, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so it was never a hit. It's a fucking you know, deep cut album track. And you could find it, and it, the machine would download it. You'd have to pay a premium for it. Uh-huh. Good enough. I'm three beers in, and I really want to hear this song. That's awesome. So, so that was existing anyways. But now, now, <laughs> now I don't even have to go over there. I can be sitting with my friends and be like, oh, you got to hear this song. You've never heard this song. I can't believe you've never heard this song. And just bring it up on my phone. That is awesome. Press the button. <laughs> boom. It starts to play. And the more important aspect is when you see douchebaggy McDouchebag walk over to the jukebox with his backward cap and his baggy shorts, and you can tell he's about to put on a bunch of Limp Bizkit or Rihanna or whatever the fuck he <laughs> wants to listen to. Yeah, um, <laughs> she's next line. She's never coming back, so I can say her. Whatever. Who cares? Um, anyways. When you see that happen, and, or you hear the first like Elton John song coming on, and you really don't want to listen to Elton John at that time, you whip out your phone, you bring up the app, you pick the song you want to hear, and you pay one quarter extra, play next. Stops whatever their playlist is, So plays your song next, no matter what. Does their song come back on, even if, if it's already Their started? song will finish. Oh, okay. This song will finish, okay, so but it doesn't... you will stop the onslaught. Okay. And you will pay okay. to get in front of all the next ones. That... I would pay an extra quarter if it would just turn their song off. Well, <laughs> you can't do that through the app, but you can do that through getting to know the bartenders. Yes. Because yes. they have a button. Yes, we'll they skip do. to the next one. So, you know, especially at my local, I just yep. do a little nod, and the little button gets pressed over on the side by the bar, and all of a sudden my song's on. It, it, in the old school days when you had to play CDs, uh, my, my, one of my best friends, Mr. Bob, who you know. Yes. I, well, Bob is hey a very Bob. social guy. And he uh, got to know the bartender at the Coaching Horses, this lovely girl, April. And she had the button. Mm-hmm. On the jukebox themselves, there was also the button. Yes. She told us the secret location of the button. <laughs> So I, uh, yeah. we had manual control. We didn't even have to do a nod. Unfortunately, <laughs> the button at my local is behind the bar, and oh. it's uh, not exactly allowed for us to go run back there. I know. So we do have to reach out to them. But <laughs> the even better aspect of this app is you don't have to physically be in the bar at yeah. all. That is awesome. And you can <laughs> see what's being played. So no I can, way. <laughs> I can be sitting here in the comfort of my own home knowing mm-hmm. some of my friends are out at the bar. Uh-huh. I can log into the app, connect to my local, look through what's being played, play songs, <laughs> supersede other people's songs, delude. Uh, like, uh, there's been a night where a bunch of my friends were there, and I uh, 
there's a special hatred for the captain and Neil <laughs> through one of my particular friends. And mm-hmm. I, I saw that he was there and playing songs and I just started Captain and Neil, Captain and Neil, Captain and Neil. Oh my God. That is such a troll move. <laughs> such a troll move. I was a couple beers in that night. At home. Uh, so that was a good time. It is but, but the, the cool aspect of that is the fact that we've actually, it's metamorphosized into, we have theme songs when we're arriving now. That is cool. Which, you know, as I'm walking down to the local and as my other friends are walking down, we play songs to announce our arrival. So we time it when we're about two minutes away and make sure that we play it next. Yep. And, uh, you know, when, when Rush's Tom Sawyer comes on, I know my friend Mike's about to walk into the bar. It's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. Now, um, do you guys have, like, popular songs? So, like, it could just be a normal song, or do you have, like, specific... Not, I mean, because everybody kind of has their thing. Tom Sawyer could be just somebody going to play in Tom Sawyer, but it's not like, at this bar. You know what? You're right because I've yeah. been to this bar and Tom Sawyer. <laughs> yeah, Rush been. doesn't really come on. Yeah. So basically, you know, Michael change it up. It's different Rush songs. Usually, it's Tom Sawyer, but anytime a Rush song comes on, yeah. I look around the bar, and about a minute later, he walks through the door. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. It's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. So I've been doing that as well recently, and uh, yeah, my I've been doing the replacements. I mean, I was going to pick something more funny, um, <laughs> you know, ABBA, what have you, but uh, I've been in the replacements recently, and uh, so my theme song when I'm about to enter Finn McCool's, you know, if you hear a replacement song come on about two minutes before, I'm about to walk through the door. All right. Uh, I was going to go with Here Comes, uh, Here Comes a Regular, but it's a bit sad and <laughs> low-key, so I didn't use that one, so I've been doing Bastards of Young. Okay. So that's my theme song. If you hear that in any bar that has one of these things, look for me. All right. All right. I think I'm going to have to pick this app up, and uh, I think I'm going to have to go with some House Martins for my theme song. Oh, good choice. I like the House Martins. I haven't listened to them in ages. I listen to them all the time now. I don't know why. It's, they're, they're happy. They're happy. But if you listen to the words, they're not. No, they're not happy at all. <laughs> that's the great thing. It's a happy disguised as miserable and mean. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's it for this week. All right. So, (laughs) it's a bit of an unexpected ending, but it's all good. Um, So, next podcast, we are definitely going to be talking about the air quote, democratization, end air quote, of media. Meaning, we're going to talk Kickstarter, because we were going to touch on that today. We did a little bit, and I want to delve into that stuff. I'll tell you how it's gone to the dark side. Also... The Grumpy Old Geeks will take on the rise and fall of social networking. See you then, true believers. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer.